1: Batten down the hatches. Maybe you've heard that there's a hurricane coming. Uh, It's been in all the papers. It's in the news. It's everywhere. It's Hurricane Florence. And um, you'll be hearing about it. Well, you've been hearing about it. And the fact that she is on her way for uh, several days now. And you'll be hearing about it more. Uh, and watching it over the next few days when you see the damage that it has been causing. So uh, get ready for that. And it's, uh, and you have to be a little bit skeptical when it comes to the media on these stories because, trust me, it's much better for the cable news networks, the regular networks, and, uh, and the Weather Channel, for that matter, uh, if this is a big story. And it is a big story. And the bigger the hurricane, the bigger the story. For a while, we were told that uh, it was a Category 4. And that's since been reduced to a Category 2. So, anyway, 2 or 4, I'd rather be here than there. And from what I've heard today, a Category 4, and this is, I'm no scientist, obviously. I don't know exactly what it means, but what I've gathered from it is that a a, a Category 4 just means higher winds, but it's not the winds that uh, that are going to cause the most damage anyway in this case. Uh, I mean, you, I guess you always want it to be a little less windy. But this is going to be a case of the rain and the surge, the surf, um, that's going to be the problem. Flooding and damage from the, just water damage. So it didn't take the Washington Post long to figure out a way to blame Florence on Donald Trump. We told you about that yesterday. And a few more idiots in the media have jumped on that um, And that doesn't surprise anybody. But if you are dumb enough to blame a hurricane on a guy who's been in office about 20 months, the only way you can do that is if you blame the hurricane on global warming. And you can figure out a way to blame the global warming, the global warming up, I should say. Uh, You can blame that enough in, in 20 months as a result of what the guy who's been in office did. In other words, even if you... If, if, if you buy the idea that global warming is the reason that we're having the hurricanes, the strong hurricanes, then you also have to buy the idea that the guy who's been in office 20 months could have done something to warm it up enough to create more hurricanes in 20 months. That's beyond, just beyond moronic. Um, there's another big story today, though. It's right down the road in Wheeling, West Virginia. And it's big enough that I heard uh, what is an unconfirmed report that Anderson Cooper of CNN is in town or coming to town. That makes it pretty big, I guess. Uh, I guess you can watch to see. I won't know because I won't. He, he could be in the next room and I don't want to hear anything he has to say. But, you know, <laughs> maybe he is coming to Wheeling. Anyway, uh, the bishop of the Catholic Diocese of Wheeling and he also is the bishop of Charleston, West Virginia, resigned today. And his name is Michael Bransfield, and he's been accused of sexual harassment. Now, the big deal is that the pope accepted his resignation and ordered an investigation. Now, uh, he's 75 years old, so a bishop, when he's 75, is supposed to resign. And then the pope, uh, I guess it's the, it comes to the pope all the time. The pope is, is the one who decides whether to accept that resignation. Well, he accepted it today. Um, And the big deal is that the Pope accepted it and ordered an investigation. And the report says it's sexual harassment of adults. So this isn't a pedophile issue. And today was the day that the Pope was meeting, was supposed to meet, I haven't seen anything about it yet, with a delegation from the United States to talk about the sex abuse scandal in the United States. So coming up later in our second half hour, I'm going to talk to a Jesuit priest who's not pulling any punches when it comes to what he thinks needs to be done. Quick uh, personal note on that subject, uh, I had said on the day that the grand jury report came out and made a pretty big deal of the fact that I had spent 13 and a half years in a Catholic school, a high school, grade school, high school, college, and never been abused, never saw or knew anybody who was abused and didn't know of anybody who knew anybody who was abused, and I took some heat for that on Twitter and saying, that, you know, that doesn't mean anything, I'm one of the lucky ones. Well, I have to say that's changed. I'll give you a quick uh, story about that. I went to South Hills Catholic High School. That's now known as Seton LaSalle. We had a guy near, there named Brother Michael, and everybody liked him. Good guy. Never bothered me. I always thought he was just a good guy involved with the sports teams. Um, I, I was alerted to his name. He, he, I knew that he had gone on to become a priest. And I was alerted to his name being on the list that came out when the grand jury did as Father Michael Romero. And he was accused of doing some things while he was a priest at, I believe it was Immaculate Conception High School. So I want to be fair about that and say that I I now do know somebody who claims to have been abused by um, a brother. He was a brother when I knew him, not a priest. Um, so I should say that. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there and be honest about it. So it did, it did not affect me personally, but I came in contact with somebody who was definitely accused. He's dead now, by the way, Father Michael Romero. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about Florence and whom she should be blamed on. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA, there are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind. Expensive. There are lots of changes happening in health care today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years. Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every health care provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer.
2: This is Dan Prof with 60 seconds of sanity for upstream-ideas.com. Producing quality agitprop is a team effort. So it's nice to see the Democrats socialists rally for the Obamas to help them consummate their 50 million dollar Netflix production deal. The lineup really assembles itself. Cory Booker will star in a remake of Spartacus, only this time Spartacus is the wealthy senator and he only thinks he's a slave. He runs around Capitol Hill yelling, "I am Spartacus!" with no one else echoing the sentiment. Kamala Harris will play the lead in the spin-off How to Get Away with Murdering the Legal Cannons, the rip from the headline season premiere will feature a bizarre temper tantrum from masquerading as an interrogation of a SCOTUS nominee. Rahm Emanuel is scheduled to reprise the role of Abby Lee Miller from the Lifetime hit Dance Moms. The Emanuel version will be entitled Tiny Dancer Moms. Chris and Andrew Cuomo will play Conjoined Twins in the long-awaited sequel to Stuck On You. Other shows under consideration? Brian Williams as a bomb tech in a remake of The Hurt Locker. Rachel Maddow as Katie Lang in the biopic Crying. And Elizabeth Warren as Henry Fonda playing Tom Jode in a stirring interpretation of John Steinbeck's Grapes of Wrath. It's a lineup that's binge and purge worthy.
3: You know the moment. The workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah, that's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body soothing serenity made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com
4: Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the original mattress factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations. Or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. In today's world,
5: violent crime can victimize anyone at any time. Larry Oda here. When it's your time, will you be able to protect yourself and your loved ones? For my personal protection, I am attending a training at Front Sight, the world's premier firearms training facility located near Las Vegas. And through our personal relationship with Front Sight's founder and director, Dr. Ignatius Piazza, we've arranged for you and your family to train there too, free of charge. Yes, it's true. On your computer browser, enter frontsitecom slash Larry to secure a $2,000 four-day defensive handgun course absolutely free of charge with no hidden surprises or catches. Enter frontsitecom slash Larry after your first course at Frontsite, You'll leave with skills that surpass 99% of the gun-owning population. Guaranteed. Nobody does it better than Frontsite, but you must act before these free courses are all taken. Secure your free four-day $2,000 course at FrontSight.com Dot com slash Larry dot com slash Larry
0: warning listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity the John Staggerwald show on AM
1: 1250 the answer so you have been hearing about Hurricane Florence heading toward the Carolina coast for a few days now and you're going to spend the next few days hearing about and seeing a destruction that it uh, will cause when it lands you'll also be hearing a lot about how it could be prevented If only more of us would, you know, take the bus or not turn the air conditioning on in the summertime. It's already uh, being blamed on global global warming by lots of people and lots of supposedly smart people. Or maybe they blame it on climate change. It's always kind of hard to keep track of which one to blame it on. But Nick Loris is a Herbert and Joyce Morgan Fellow in Energy and Economic Policy at the Heritage Foundation. And he's with us now. And thanks for being here, Nick.
6: Thanks for having me.
1: So why can't we blame this on Donald Trump, for starters?
6: <laughs> There's a lot of reasons. Uh, the first uh, simply being that the fact that you know natural disasters are called natural for a reason, is that they've been happening well before the Trump administration, and they're going to happen um, far after the Trump administration. And uh, if you look at the actual trends, uh, you're not seeing any increased uh, intensity or frequency of hurricanes, droughts, floods, or really any type of natural disaster, even as global greenhouse gas emissions have increased. So, blaming man is uh, really not the way to go here.
1: But I, I, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, I, I, tend, I I, but I, what I don't understand is, um, why? What is? Why the enthusiasm? I guess is the best word I can come up with. Why the enthusiasm to blame it on me and you and not just accept it as nature?
6: Yeah, I I get back to that uh, Rahm Emanuel quote and probably a lot of politicians who have said some form of this, which is uh, never let a crisis go to waste. And when you can try to create an emotional plea that we need to get rid of and get off of, Fossil fuel use, which provides 80% of uh, our energy needs and 80% of the the world's energy needs, Um, even if there really is a big disconnect between uh, what actually causes hurricanes and what uh, they purport causes hurricanes, uh, it's an opportunity to fundraise and it's an opportunity to um, convince politicians that we need to have mandates and subsidies uh, to push us toward uh, a renewable future that would be. Uh, costly, uh, but also ineffective in combating climate change, even if it were to blame. And also give them more power. Um, yeah. I mean, concentrating power and wealth is uh, you know, always a big part of the story.
1: Now, there were people saying last year, and you wrote about this in a story about uh, some earlier hurricanes, uh, Irma and what was the other one? Um, Harvey. Harvey? Yeah. There were people saying last year that Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma <laughs> were reasoned to finally put officials who deny science in jail. So I guess I should be getting myself a defense lawyer here soon?
6: Yeah, and so should, uh, I guess, the people at the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, uh, because uh, that's where the data comes from when you're talking about uh, that there's no trend in Increased frequency or intensity of hurricanes. This isn't, you know, some denier science. This isn't some you know, guy with a, a blog uh, that's obscure. I mean, this is uh, governmental science and the IPCC science, which Al Gore and the likes tail as the magnum opus of climate science literature. Uh, so they just need to look at their own data.
1: And uh, so, so what? What are the the climate alarmists using, or what do they try to use as proof that global warming is the reason for these hurricanes? And why are there so many? I, I mean, I understand why the, the people in government are so quick to accept it, but I guess my question would be: Why are there not more skeptics? And where do they? Where are these people getting what they call their proof?
6: Yeah. I, again, I think it. Um, just kind of what has been settled into this mainstream notion uh, that uh, happened really after Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth and and, and really every uh, hurricane since, even though we've been in a a hurricane drought uh, for a a pretty extensive period of time until last year. Um, But I think it's it's just this um, narrative that continues to be driven by um, newspapers, um, by uh, TV reports, um, that, that link these things together. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think people quite simply believe that. Um, but, you know, when you ask them how much they're willing to pay to combat climate change or combat these types of issues, uh, whether there's a, a real connection or not, you know, it's not very much money. And that's where the rubber meets the road is that they're not willing to pay for the, the climate policies that will raise energy prices. Reduce standards of living and create higher unemployment levels.
1: Um, and um, Al Gore wasn't it Al's movie that warned us that we were going to we were about to experience a huge increase in the number of um, destructive hurricanes. And then something happened that there weren't any for ten years. What was that? How'd they explain that <laughs> yeah. one away?
6: That's right. Exactly. Uh, the same guy who predicted that the, the polar ice caps would be ice free. I think it was by 2015. And and I think that's the other part of this equation is that uh, you know the, the folks who want to use this narrative to um, re-engineer our energy economy um, can make bold predictions about what's going to happen next, whether it's ice spray or catastrophic sea level rises, where Manhattan's going to be underwater. Uh, and then when these things don't come true, there's no repercussions. So they can cry wolf as much as they want uh, and, again, accumulate money and power uh, but at the same time, you know they they haven't really been punished for it, and that's problematic.
1: Yeah, now lives in a what a twenty six thousand square foot mansion, and has a, a, I don't think he flies commercial a lot. I, I'm
6: guessing. He yeah, does. And I don't know if he's buying carbon offsets either.
1: Yeah, well, you know, yesterday I talked about this a little bit on the show, and uh, and I talked about the fact that they didn't have the uh, uh, the uh, hurricanes for ten years, and uh somebody i forget who it was i don't have it in front of me here but somebody was asked you know what how did that happen that we didn't have the the the, the you know this these hurricanes that everybody was expecting us to be hit with and he said luck so so, yeah.
6: so yeah. isn't that yeah. pretty
1: much what nature is luck you know it might rain yeah. it might not
6: yeah luck is, yeah the, nature is luck and we you know we don't want them to hit our coast obviously we want everyone to be as safe as possible but ultimately that's not going to happen all the time so we want uh, policies and levels of uh, higher standards of living where we have better infrastructure and we can be better insulated against climate related catastrophes Um, so you know we have air conditioning in the summertime when there's uh, heat wave uh, and you know access to water when there's drought you know that's the best way to uh, cope against a, a change in climate is to be wealthier uh, and have more resources so that we can better withstand, uh, you know, any type of natural disaster.
1: Talking to Nicholas Loris, he uh, focuses on uh, focuses on uh, energy, environmental, and regulatory issues at the uh, Heritage Foundation. Uh, thanks for being here again, Nick. Uh, I, I, um, I'm just wondering, um, how? I mean, where's this? Where's this going? I, I think, and I don't know if you can put a number on it, but. You know, could I? Could I? Would it be safe to say that it's like about eighty to twenty that the global warming alarmists are winning the minds of the people? I mean, I, I think most people, I I believe, look at you—not you personally, but a person—as being nuts if you don't believe this stuff. Like that, there's something wrong with you. If you uh, and it's, it's oh, not yeah, just absolutely. they disagree with you; they think you're <laughs> sick. Well, some people want to put you in jail.
6: Yeah, and I mean, I think that's a frustrating thing. Is that I certainly agree that man-made emissions are contributing to some level of warming, but you know there's a lot of good data out there that shows we're not headed towards catastrophic warming. And most importantly, uh, the policies like a carbon tax or Obama's clean power plan or a cap-and-trade system that would significantly restrict our energy use would only serve to drive up energy costs. Um, which would ripple throughout the economy because energy is a necessary component of everything we do and everything uh, we buy uh, for no noticeable impact on climate. And so I think it, you're right in that it, it, it's probably likely an 80-20 split, if not higher. Um, but at the same time, I do think there's a, a, a good strong resistance out there to costly, ineffective climate policies uh, at, at least at the legislative level. You, um, and so, you know, that's a good thing.
1: But you know what the, the, the tough thing is, is that when when they're wrong, well, it used to be global warming, first of all, and that had to be changed to climate change because, you know, so many places started experiencing, uh, you know, they started have, coming up with data that showed the earth had actually cooled in the last 10 years, and the temperatures in some places went down. Um, so, it's you know, it's 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 gotten to the point where even when they are wrong, they just seem to just change course a little bit and and while they say, well, that was luck it was still we're still right that was just unlucky that we weren't right in that particular instance, so even when you prove them wrong, they're not wrong
6: yeah and it's it's gotten even worse than that now because if you Uh, pay attention to uh, a lot of the news stories and what the left is saying they're not even saying climate change all the time now they're saying carbon pollution oh Uh, so it's not even climate change uh,
1: i didn't know that changed it's
6: not yeah uh and you know carbon dioxide is uh, a colorless odorless non-toxic gas it is not pollution but anytime the uh, a major newspaper runs a story about climate change and and carbon dioxide they will put up a you know, a smokestack in China that's spewing out, you know, black carbon and soot and, and things that have nothing to do with carbon dioxide. And so now they're trying to create it to uh, this notion that pollution, and if we roll back some of the Obama-era regulations, we're going to turn into China in terms of air quality, and that's just simply not true. I mean, we've cleaned up our air quality uh, tremendously, uh, over the past several decades, and again, CO two has nothing to do with that. It's the only reason they're regulating it is because of its alleged impact on climate change.
1: Hey, Nick, I'm living in Pittsburgh, and I'm old enough. I don't remember it, but I was born when I was born here. Uh, it was dark at three o'clock in the afternoon every day. It didn't matter whether the that's sun right. was out or not. So that's that's yeah. changed a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and uh, so people like Al Gore, they keep making money off of this. And they're not going away, are they?
6: No, and again, I mean, the left is trying to make this a big midterm election issue. Um, You've got uh, very wealthy people who are trying to convince um, not only Democrats on the left and environmental activists to engage on this issue, but uh, the right as well and have proposed all sorts of um, energy policies in the name of addressing climate, whether it's been a carbon tax or... Um, aggressive subsidies for uh, wind and solar. Uh, and, and those fights and battles aren't going anywhere uh, anytime soon, that's for sure.
1: Boy, those windmills are ugly, too. Uh, if you go to a place where they have a bunch of them lined up, that's it doesn't get much uglier than that. I sure hope they're doing something for somebody. Um, one, of, <laughs> my, one of my favorite stories, Nick, uh, they had the hottest day in the history of Scotland, I think, not too long ago. And we had it here on the show, and there had, just the pr- only problem was it was an ice cream truck parked in front of the the, the uh, temperature gauge. The, <laughs> where were, they, they were getting, Did you know that story?
6: I hadn't heard that one. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That, uh, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's a systemic problem uh, that Anthony Watt, the climatologist, has looked at around the, the country, is some of the, the places where we have our you know thermometers to take the Earth's temperature are sitting on, you know, blacktop on parking lots, and, and so the... Some of the data sets aren't quite as reliable as you would want them to be.
1: Yeah, my brother Bill actually did a story on that for the uh, for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review, and it got picked up around the country. He's I think he was the first one to uh, he I don't know why he I don't know how he stumbled upon it, but he wrote a, a really good story about it. So that's uh, uh, great. And, and it's not and it's <laughs> it's going on and it's not going to end. And uh, I appreciate you being here. And uh, I guess we'll bring you back for the next hurricane, maybe, and see if you cha- <laughs> yeah. see if anything's Sounds happened to right. change your mind.
6: Yeah, that's that's uh, that's probably what will happen. And uh, again, it'll be out of the news and then back in the news anytime someone wants to talk about a, a NASA disaster and it's uh, the alleged causes, that's for sure.
1: Hey, Nick, thanks a lot. Really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, we'll be back.
4: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Hurricane Florence is now affecting the Carolinas and Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina Police. Chief Daniel House says anyone who decides to ride out the storm needs to understand they're on their own until the danger is passed. Once the winds get up to about 50 miles per hour, that's when we start pulling folks to at least shelter down until the storm is over. Um, but they will be readily available to move out as soon as we have, you know, once the, the storm subsides. House was asked if there was any place in Wrightsville Beach that was safe. Based on the amount of water, the surge that's going to come in, I mean, the higher the better at that point. Um, But uh, there's really going to be nowhere for anybody to go. So, and we are going to be very, very, very limited in responding. So, again, if you're on the beach, the time to go is now. On Wall Street, the Dow by 147 points, the NASDAQ rose 58, the S&P advanced 15. This is SRN News.
1: Will Republicans hold the House this November, or will Democrats regain control? Whichever way the cookie crumbles, Pennsylvania will play a critical role. This is John Steigerwald. Join me for the Battleground Talkers Tour at Montour Heights Country Club October 22nd, along with Hugh Hewitt, Michael Medved, and Dennis Prager, as we clarify exactly what's at stake this November and will determine the course of the next four years. Tickets start at just $20. Doors open at 5.30. Get details on dinner, the program, and VIP tickets now at TheAnswerPGH.com. Despite the impression left yet again by the American Lung Association, Greater Pittsburgh's air quality is not getting worse. As a recent study by the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy shows, the myth persists because the association keeps cherry-picking the facts and some of the media take its claims as an article of faith. Learn more about why this smear campaign is unjustified and does not reflect the progress the area has made in improving its air quality at AlleghenyInstitute.org. We challenge conventional thinking every day. The
0: Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber invites you to A Taste of Cranberry, Monday, September 24th. Over 20 of your favorite local eateries and chains converge on the Doubletree by Hilton & Cranberry with unlimited samples from 5 to 8 p.m. Enjoy great food, entertainment, kid's zone, and prizes. Tickets are available now at pghnorthchamber.com. Don't miss A Taste of Cranberry, Monday, September 24th at the Doubletree by Hilton & Cranberry. Visit pghnorthchamber.com. He can smell you from half a mile away, here with pinpoint accuracy, and detect the slightest motion with a 310 degree field of vision. But with an Oak Ridge hunting blind from Yoder's Backyard Structures, that deer will never know you're there. Solid, silent, silent sun controlled, satisfaction guaranteed. This is one perch you won't fall out of. And with Yoder's delivered and set up free of charge, take your hunt to a whole new level. At yodersbackyard.com. From coast to coast,
7: from sea to shining sea, it's a beautiful country out there. Discover it all in a new RV from Camping World, America's number one RV dealer. At your local Camping World, you'll find over 350 new RVs in stock, an ever changing selection from America's top brands, including favorites like Coleman and Mallard of every class and size, all at wholesale prices say hello to a whole new world visit campingworldofpittsburgh.com stuck in traffic we've got the answer
3: We continue to see a busy ride on the Parkway West, inbound Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel and outbound Banksville Road to Carnegie. Now on the outbound Parkway East, that's crawling along Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood Swissvale, Busy both ways over Veterans Bridge and a bit of a slow ride outbound over Liberty Bridge. Outbound 65, you'll slow down from Route 19 to the McKees-Rocks Bridge. I'm Jenny Robinson on AM 1250, The Answer. AM
0: 1250, The Answer. Weather. An isolated shower early this evening, otherwise mostly cloudy tonight, low 70. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, warm and humid. An afternoon shower or thunderstorm in spots, high 83. Patchy clouds tomorrow night, low 68. Saturday, clouds and sun. Humid, a stray shower, high 83. On Sunday, sunny to partly cloudy with a high reaching 81. I'm meteorologist Bill Sklodenkis on AM 1250, The Answer. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
1: Hey, before we get to our next guest, I want to tell you, uh, in case you haven't heard uh, or remind you again about the Battleground Talkers Tour. It's at Montour Heights <coughs> Country Club Excuse me, on October 22nd. Uh, I will be there along with Hugh Hewitt, Michael Medved, and Dennis Prager, three heavy hitters from the Salem Network of uh, superstar conservative talkers. I will be there sitting at the kids' table, but I will be there. And you can join me and those guys. Tickets start at 20 bucks. The doors open at 5.30. You can get details on the dinner, the program, and get your VIP tickets at TheAnswerPGH.com. The Montour Heights Country Club, October 22nd, Battleground Talkers Tour. I'll see you there. Okay, so big news in Wheeling today. uh, The bishop resigned. Uh, He was 75 years old. Michael Bransfield's his name. He resigned at 75, which is the, the, the age when they do resign, but it was accepted by the Pope. And uh, he, he is going to investigate um, charges of sexual assault against adults, not a pedophile issue. But uh, that's, that's the story. Michael Bransfield, and it's, it could be a big story because, well, you know why it's a big story. The, the Catholic Church has big problems, and uh, a bishop resigning is a big deal, especially for, with sexual assault involved. Well, Father Thomas Reese is here. Uh, He's a Jesuit priest, and he's uh, joining us now to talk about. Father Reese, thanks for being here.
8: Good to be with you.
1: So, uh, I don't know where to start with this, uh, except that this is a, a, um, I'm told from people who, uh, you know, we're close to West Virginia here in Pittsburgh, and I'm told that this is a pretty big deal down in in Wheeling, uh, and uh, how big of a deal is it for the bishop to resign and for the Pope to accept it?
8: well what's uh, really interesting in this particular resignation is that you know he the bishop just turned seventy five so that's the age at which all bishops submit their resignations uh but uh what was unusual here is that it was accepted, but at the same time they they noted that he had been accused of uh, uh of some kind of sexual impropriety so yeah. uh uh, you know, in the good old days, they just would have accepted his resignation and told him, you know, to go away. But today, uh, it's the good news is that the Catholic Church is being much more transparent and much more uh, uh, open to talking about this and saying exactly why uh, he has been his resignation was accepted.
1: And so, so this you think this is a sign that uh, there could be more of these uh, if. In other words, if the pope gets a, yeah. a resignation, the the chances are much better he's gonna he's gonna accept it and um, and whether regardless of what the reason is for the resignation.
8: Well, yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know the whole world in in the United States has changed because of the Me Too movement. Uh, in the past, you know, uh, uh, sex between consenting adults was kind of well. Okay, it happens, but what we recognize today is that people in authority people in power positions uh that we're not talking about equal relationships. so when you've got a bishop uh who's been accused of something like this, uh then uh, we've got to take it seriously we got and what the church is doing now is they're asking Archbishop Lori, uh who's you know this uh, to investigate uh, uh, these accusations and uh, report them uh, to uh, to the Vatican to the Pope so uh, if, if you were if if
1: Pope Francis with everything that's going on right now if Pope Francis were a president instead of a Pope and you were a senator instead of a bishop uh, I could ask you what what you think Pope Francis would do and you'd be you know you'd be perfectly able and willing to to discuss what you think should happen here at the top of the church, uh, but are you able to to address those things publicly? I mean, I'm sure you have opinions about it, but sure. are you willing to discuss them?
8: Oh, sure. I mean, uh, I think it's clear that you know, in the Catholic Church today, any priest or bishop that's involved in the abuse of minors uh, of a minor is simply uh, got to go. You know, this is a crime. Uh, this is a violation of church law of everything else and we have a zero tolerance for that uh, when it gets into uh, uh, sexual relations between adults you know you know we've always recognized that uh, the church is full of sinful people and sinful things happen uh, but you know then we have to look at the concrete situations, and you know, and I think that's something that the Me Too movement has educated us about. Uh, that people have different uh, power uh, relationships, and this has to be taken very seriously. Uh, and you know, the Pope has been very clear uh, that uh, uh, if someone cannot observe the, uh, the promise of celibacy that they have made as a priest or a bishop, if they are consistently failing in that, well, then they really should no longer be a priest. Uh, they should get out of the priesthood and be a good layman rather than a bad priest.
1: I, I don't think anybody would argue with that, Father, but I think what, what people are, uh, what, what be, when it becomes a little bit more complicated is whether or not you covered up for someone who was doing that or whether or not you were aware of oh, something yeah. like that and ignored it. That, that's the issue.
8: Well, yes, absolutely, and I think in the past uh, it would have been covered up. Uh, today, uh, that's much less likely to happen. Uh, you know, the the fact that uh, when his resignation was announced, that it was uh, uh, it was said that there were some issues uh, that you know uh, involved in his resignation that he wasn't simply resigning because of age uh, shows uh, you know that that. There's a lot more transparency in the Church than there was uh, uh, in previous decades.
1: So where do you see this going, uh, Father? It's, uh, it's still in the early stages, I would think you would call it the early stages. Uh, we still don't yeah. know what's going to happen with Cardinal Wuerl, and, and I'm, I'm sure you know that's a pretty big deal here in Pittsburgh. He was the bishop here for a long time. Yeah. Uh, he was supposed to have had a meeting with the Pope. Um, where do you see this going?
8: Well, I think Cardinal Worrell has made very clear that he's gone to Rome and he's going to ask the Pope to accept his resignation. Uh, He feels that that's the best thing for the Church in Washington, to help it move forward, and he he says that he wants to work uh, for helping in the healing of people who have been uh, abused. Uh, For example, by, you know, I think a good thing that he could do is just simply listen to the stories of people. Let them talk to him about what happened to them. Uh, You know, I personally think that Bishop Wuerl, when he was in Pittsburgh, you know, was one of the leaders in dealing with the sex abuse crisis. But, you know, he, he didn't, he wasn't as good as we expect people to be today. He was better than most of his peers, but, you know, that's, I'm sorry, that's just not good enough today. So I think he did the right thing by uh, asking the Pope to accept his resignation. That's what we expect of leaders. You know, even if they screw up, uh, they have to take responsibility uh, and resign.
1: Well, I compare it to Bill Clinton, uh, pardon the expression. Um, When Bill Clinton got busted for what he did with an intern in the Oval Office... I mean, he fought it and ended up staying on as president. And what I say, what I remember saying at the time was, look, you know, you, you're, you were busted. Come on, Bill. You you, you, you know, you, you were president of the United States. You had a chance. L- leave. And by Tuesday, everybody will forget you were there. And the country will go along just fine. I, I, I have kind of the same attitude toward a situation like this with the Catholic Church is that, Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Cardinal World, Bishop World did a lot of great things for the Church, and this Pope's done a lot of great things. But at some point, just having them not there anymore is better for the Church than having them there, no matter what they've done or what they might do in the future. You just need a fresh start, and it's it's time to
5: go.
8: Yeah, I mean, if, if, you know, back in 2002 or earlier, when this crisis first blew up in the Catholic Church... If we'd had 30, 40, 50 bishops who simply said, hey, I did this, Uh, I made these decisions, I moved this priest from one place to another, Uh, I didn't report it to the police, that was wrong, I was stupid, I got bad advice, but it was my decision, I take full responsibility, and I resign. That would have been much more healing uh, for the Church than all of the Attempts to you know sweep it under the rug,
1: yeah, and and I think as I said, uh, everybody would have forgotten about it about the people who were in leadership uh, positions at that time, and you know, um, have I, I'm a lapsed Catholic, but I was I went to Catholic schools for thirteen years, and I I think I understand you know what ha- what the Catholic Church is all about. I took a lot of religion courses, and you know, I mean, I know that I know what's going on there, but. Um, I I just I, I don't I don't know um, why it would be allowed to go along, uh, go on this long and someone hadn't done something about it long before this because every I, and and I by the way Father I said on the air I, I said at other places uh, and I did go to Catholic schools for thirteen and a half years I was never uh, abused I didn't know anybody who was abused and I didn't know of anybody who was abused I've changed that a little bit. Because I found out about something later, but it's still pretty much true, um, and so um, it's, I, I, it's it's not as pervasive maybe as it's been um, as, as, as it's been portrayed because of all the media coverage now. But still, yeah. everybody everybody talked about it for years, and and people within the church had to know about it.
8: Well, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, ninety five percent of the priests and in, in uh, this country have been good priests who have not abused children and have been trying to do good things for the community and for their parishes and for their churches, and they're very dedicated and good people. But, you know, uh, we should have dealt with those uh, with the ones who did abuse. We should have removed them immediately from ministry. We should have never allowed them near children again. They, a lot of the bishops got bad advice from psychologists who claim to have cured these people, uh, that they were safe to return to ministry, uh, and they simply were not. It was, there was a lot of ignorance. Uh, but you know, you know, one of the things that isn't noticed a lot, you know, for example, in the Pennsylvania uh, grand jury report, practically all of the cases of the abuse in that report are decades yeah, old. Yep, yep. There, there, there were only two priests that were in accused of abuse in the last 10 years. So in a sense, I mean, I hate to say this because people won't like to hear it, but in a sense, you know, it's, this report also shows that the church has gotten its act and, you know, in under control yep. uh, because it now has procedures in place to, to report to the police, any accusation of abuse to, to, uh, uh, suspend anybody who's got a credible accusation is suspended while an investigation takes place, and if he's found guilty, he's out of the priesthood. Period. Gone, and that's what we expect to be done, uh, and that's what's been the the law of the church since two thousand and two.
1: I got a couple of minutes here. I want to ask you a, a kind of a theological question um, because there, people are talking about I'm leaving the Catholic Church, and they're still. They still are Christians. They still have many of the same beliefs. Uh, I want to ask you how. I mean, I, again, I was raised a Catholic, so I, I kind of know the the precepts and I understand the, the theology. And I know there's a big difference between being a Catholic and being a Presbyterian. And you just can't go across the street and and become a Presbyterian. You can still believe in Christ and you can believe uh, you can be a Christian, but there's a big difference between the two. So how how, how do you leave the church? if you still believe in what the Church teaches, but you don't have a, a high opinion of the people who are running at this point?
8: Well, uh, you know, last Sunday uh, at Church, I accepted four uh, people into the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And and when the ceremony was ended, I complimented them on their courage and bravery. Uh, you know, I said... Do you realize you're, you know, you're joining a sinking ship? (laughs) And and the congregation just gasped, of course, when I said that. But then I pointed out, you know, when the disciples were in a sinking ship, it was Jesus that came to save them. You know, our faith, whether we're Presbyterian, whether we're Lutheran, whether we're Catholic, is in Jesus Christ. You know, the people who run churches are fallible human beings. And uh, we, come to the, we come to church to be fed by the word of God that we hear in the scriptures, and we come to be, as Catholics, we come to be nourished at the, at the Eucharist. Uh, this is what religion is about. It's not about bishops and popes and all of this other stuff. They're just the superstructure trying to hold the community together. Our faith is in Jesus Christ, and, you know, that's something we as Catholics sometimes forget.
1: Well, Father, I'm out of time, but I, I think it's probably a good idea to get a Jesuit to explain all this stuff. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And we will be right back.
3: No, I'm not a genius about money. I love my credit cards, and they love me. I was using them as a source of income, and then I got behind in my payments, and creditors were calling. I figured I had a problem, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I heard about Trinity, so I called and talked to a counselor. In half an hour, we worked out a plan. Now I've got one easy monthly payment, a lower
7: interest rate, and I'm getting out of debt. If you're in an endless cycle of paying on credit card balances that never seem to go away, then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity will consolidate your accounts, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your debt has has you down? We should talk. Call 1 800 990 6976. That's 1 800 990 6976. Call 1 800 990-6976.
1: Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up and unfortunately we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or them at MarleyFG.com.
3: You know the moment. The homework and dishes are done. Your family responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah, That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body comforting orthopedic made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory thoughtfully made honestly priced OriginalMattress.com.
4: great beds no bull that is the original mattress factory difference quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value mattresses that are designed with better materials mattresses that are hand built in local factories mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands now i know what you're thinking this all sounds too good to be true right well it isn't Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The Original Mattress Factory... Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. People come in with
3: health concerns, and we try to address those at the root cause.
5: At the Medicine Shops in Oakmont and Penn Hills, nurse practitioner Joyce Gibb has conducted over 3,000 consultations with pharmacist, mentor, and friend Joe DiMettio.
3: I actually got my nurse practitioner in family practice, and I've always wanted to practice getting to the root cause because in family practice, I felt like I was giving a pill for the ill. It's always pharmaceutical-based. You really didn't get to the main problem that caused the symptom just an example of you have heartburn. There's many reasons for acid reflux or heartburn and some of those reasons can be not enough hydrochloric acid where a traditional medicine blocks that and as we age our body typically doesn't even make enough as it should to break down our food a lot of people want to get off their proton pump inhibitors and we had a little protocol to wean that very slowly so they don't have rebound heartburn
5: call for a consultation today the medicine shop in oakmont and penn hills
0: 888-865-9595 this is the john steigerwald show on am 1250 the answer
1: Okay, so let's end with a little sports story. Uh, you know about Antonio. I don't know if you know about this, but Antonio Brown had to apologize. Uh, he there was a story written about him by at um, it's called Undefeated. It's a it's a ESPN. I don't know what you call it platform. Um, <clears throat> Jesse Washington was the writer, and Antonio didn't like the story too much, so um, he said in a tweet. Um, Wait till I see you, bro. We gonna see what your jaw looks like. And um, he said, "Stay in your lane." When uh, when Washington replied to him, so he released a statement saying, "I made a mistake in judgment with my tweet last week. I apologize. It's not okay to threaten anyone, and I need to be better spiritually and professionally." Though I do not agree with the negative parts of the story about my personal life, I need to have better control over my actions to use social media as a way to engage with my fans rather than use it improperly. That was definitely written by somebody in the Steelers PR department, but that's okay. And uh, Art Rooney II said, It's never okay for any employee of the Steelers organization, player, coach, or front office staff, to threaten a member of the media or anyone else for that matter. I appreciate that Antonio is apologizing for his inappropriate comments. The piece that Washington wrote was pretty... um, Complimentary and uh, talked about what a great player he is and how what he's come from. He was at a tough childhood, and I don't know um, what it was that um, Antonio Brown didn't like about it. But reading the story by Jesse Washington, uh, I come across some things that uh, maybe I don't know if Antonio doesn't like the the fact that he printed that when he got out of that helicopter at training camp he was carrying a uh, four thousand dollar briefcase Louis Vuitton briefcase. And wearing a hundred thousand dollar necklace or bracelet or something, and then uh, in the end of the near the in somewhere in the story there he talks about all the kids that he has, and they're all from different. Most of them are from different mothers. I I, I don't know if that's anything that uh, players in the NFL are ashamed about anymore. It seems to happen a lot, but I don't know what um, got um, Antonio Brown upset, but. The main thing about Antonio Brown, he's a really, really good player, as good as any player who ever played for the Steelers. But I think Antonio needs to uh, grow up. I'll see you tomorrow.
0: The John Wall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Dream.